Amen. You may take your seats. Good morning, Ambassadors Worship Center. Good morning to all of you that are watching online. For any of you that do not know, my name is Joshua. I have the awesome opportunity of leading here at AWC as the lead pastor. Um, it's probably one of the biggest privileges I've ever had outside of marrying my wife, which I say good morning to you, um, and then also being a son to our pastors, Martin and Linnell. Um, so how many of you guys have been having a pretty good time during the sermon series? Okay. How many of you have been learning a little bit about yourself or coming to like some realizations about what you are, who you are, what you can do. I had a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago and he was, his mind was blown. He was like, yeah, my whole life isn't about doing. I do a lot, but who am I becoming? And I was like, yeah, that's why I taught the whole sermon on it. But yeah, like you as a person will do a bunch of different things, but God only wants you to do one thing. He wants you to, somebody say, be with him. So I was thinking today that it would be fun to, as you guys can see, how many seats are there? So we're not going to, the Holy Spirit isn't going to sit there this morning. Like, don't, don't freak out. But I thought that it would be really great uh, today that you don't just hear from me, but that you hear from somebody that I trust with my entire life. Is that, is that all right with y'all this morning? So this morning, could you please stand to your feet, give a warm welcome to our founding pastor, Apostle Dr. Martin Williams, really quick. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. All right. All right. So, uh. I, I want to, you, you may take your seats. I, I want to preface it. Now, look, look at your neighbor say, buckle up. Look at your other neighbor say, buckle up. Look at the person behind you say, keep all hands, feet, and objects inside of the vehicle as it is moving. Um, I want to share with you our title, and then I'm going to give Pastor Martin the first, uh, the first words today as we set up this sermon. Uh, we've been talking about gifts. We've been talking about uh, uh, your, your abilities. We've been talking about calling. How many of you guys have realized you got some gifts in you that you've never used before? How many of you, you know, in this last couple of weeks, there's some stuff in you that you desiring it isn't enough. Like, I actually want to hold it. Like, I want to see it. I want to taste it, right? Well, it's cool. You got gifts and all that type of stuff. But today, we're going to talk about one of the biggest missing pieces that almost every person has when it comes to calling and purpose. And that is somebody say mentorship. Ooh, long story short, every person in this room needs to have somebody that has the sit down and shut up card. Oh, y'all don't like that, do you? Yeah, so we're going to talk about it today. So here's, just, here's the sermon title. I want you to write this down on the tablet of your heart. Write it in the chat. Immediately after you teach this to your partner, the person that's next to you, I'm going to let Pastor Martin go for it. And here it is. Look at your neighbor and say, you need You want? You good to go? Yeah, that's not the title you gave me, but that's fine. That's cool. Go for it. Uh, and you didn't tell me I was starting either, so. Do you want me to start? I have actually something we could do. I figured. No, I'm saying if you're not ready to go, I'll go. You got to stay ready. So you got to get ready. Don't do that. Don't see y'all be creating issues at the crib for me. Ooh, that wasn't a thing. No, who so, taught you that? Who taught me what? You did. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so. This is the month of honor. Usually during this time, we have a really big celebration um, that celebrates ministry. For many of you that do know and many of you that may not, um, this last April, the transition of this ministry happened where it was not somebody say a me vision, but a we vision. So we got the church. Everybody clap once. Yay. We all got the ministry. This is great. It was handed down. But usually in October, it's our time of honor. It's our time of pray, paying our respects to those that allow us to move forward. And yes, I'm the lead pastor, but it just felt kind of different to celebrate myself. So today, on behalf of the org, nope, uh-uh, here we go. I, let, let, let me, today, on behalf of the organization, ah. yeah, on behalf of our organization, I, I just want to say 
thank you for trusting us. But most, I, I'm going to be honest, thank you for trusting me to make the right decisions. Thank you for not throwing me away in the moments where, as your son, like, I messed up or where it was easy to say, like, you know what, let's just make another one. Thank you, Mom, as well. But on behalf, <laughs> on behalf of the organization, uh, during this month of honor, we just want to honor you on behalf of our organization. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I receive it. Mom Look. was supposed to come, but she's gonna, I think she's going to stay right there. So. so. Well, at least you can come and get it, because whatever's in here, you're going to get it anyway. I'll take it to her. I got you. Welcome to the living room, everybody. Thank you so much. So the, the, big, deal, the big deal about mentoring, uh, and sometimes people, and I see people all over the city and all over the place, and they say, what do I, what do I call you now? And I said, you know, you can call me Pastor Martin, Martin, or whatever. But the idea in mentorship is that you never pass anything down. I left you. You never pass anything down. You don't pass anything down to the next generation. You don't pass anything down to the next person who will lead your ministry, your business. You always pass things up. It's always up. It's never down. The first leg in the race never passes it down to the second leg in the race. The race escalates from there. So as we're passing ministry, business, whatever it is, up, now there needs to be work. Right. There, there, there needs to be relationship. There needs to be, and there has to be all different types of relationships. And I think in the scripture that you're going to read here in a moment, yep. it's going to be um, very important for us to think um, and, and, and maybe I'll throw this out up front. Just so you know, as we're going through this conversation, um, people say the word mentor, but it's very important that you think about this as you're scaling because you can never get anywhere, anywhere alone. It's just not going to happen. If you want to get to where you're going, they used to call it coach. And coach was a position on the train that got you or the wagon that got you from where you were to where you were going quicker. So you always need to travel by coach. You understand what I'm saying? It gets you there in a way that's quicker, that's sooner, less uh, trouble on your side. I mean, it, it just someone else is driving. You can rest some of the time. You can do all that. Between Josh and I and Pastor Nell and the board and the elders and everybody around here, we've just had to take this as it comes and, and stay in the process. And there are going to be bumps in the road as you do things. Right. But it's all about the relationships. Yeah. If those relationships aren't solid, then people jump off the coach quicker than they're supposed to. Or they switch coaches often. But here are the three things you need to... Hold on. You teach them better than they responded. Say that one more time. You said that people will jump off the coach. Yes. Or switch coaches. Yes. So we can look at our lives and think, this isn't working and switch before the blessing actually comes in the process, thinking that it's somewhere else. Right. Because, I mean, I mean, this is what we talked about often. You have to say to yourself, say it out loud, I have to know what I'm asking for. I have to know what I'm asking for. 
So people will walk up to me and they'll ask me, will you be my spiritual father? <laughs> some people will walk up to me and they'll say, will you be my coach? Uh, some people will, so you have to know what you're asking for. So there are three things you need to know. And this might have been at the end, but you need to know up front. Uh, a, can you put these up for me? In, in, they're up. So a coach is different from a mentor, right? So a coach, which one are you going to put up first? Go, go ahead and put up coach. Okay. A coach is different. The three things you need to know. A coach is different from a mentor, right? So a coach, what a coach does is helps you use the gifts that you have. A coach takes, because he or she knows what gifts you have, and they try to get you to the highest level of those gifts. Right. Am I making sense? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what a coach does. He tries to get you to the highest level of that gift. A mentor is different from a coach. A mentor helps you discover what those gifts might be, right? So if you, if you ask someone, if Joshua asked me to be his spiritual father, I want to know what do you really want, right? Because somebody could ask you to be a coach and you're really a father. That's really good. Now, because a father is different. And when I say father, I don't, I don't mean a male man. I mean a spirit of a father. And I got that in a lot of ways from women in my life. I was, okay, what a father does <laughs> is be like, the father gives birth to who you are. That's good. A father gives birth to your gifts. A, a father births you into the world. And, it, and it's happened to me in lots of my areas of management, the greatest manager I was ever taught was, she was a female. She taught me how to lead at a high level and don't care. She taught me how to do budgets and how to speak to people, right? That was a fathering thing she did in my life. Now, here's the mistake. You ask for a spiritual father, but you really only wanted a mentor. Mm-mm. And that person shows up in your life. Mm-hmm. And to, they, do, to do what you asked them to do. Yeah, they're giving birth to you. Right. And birthing is right. painful. Yeah. Not that I've ever had a child, right. but I've given birth to lots of them. From the fathering standpoint, when you start, a person says you're my father, now you are giving birth to them. It's painful. It's painful for, for them and it's painful for you. Right. Why are you wearing that? Where are you going? Oh, you're going to do that now? Why are you doing that? Wow. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm a grown man. I'm going to be your father always. See, a mentor, you get done with them. A coach, you can graduate to a better coach, but you father. never get rid of your father. And the church has this so backwards. Because the church can attract a lot of people who were fatherless. And when a real father shows up in their life, they think he's cruel. Mm-hmm. They think she's unloving. Right. And eventually they reject it. Right. They, they hop off the coach. Right. Too fast. Yeah. And you want to know how I know that's true? Because how many of you, just thinking about it, you know someone in your life that's been beaten up and battered, but it's because they jumped off the coach while it was moving. Okay. Now let's be an open church. That's one of our culture codes here. We're being objective. We're going to get to the point. We're going to be effective and neutral. That's communication. Somebody say communication. 
How many of you will be open and honest and say that in some of the areas in your life, the areas where you're beaten up and battered is because you left a process because you didn't like how somebody talked to you? Oh, <laughs> y'all cool with saying, yes, there's some beaten, battered people, but tell me, like, it ain't me. I think that this, this conversation is so necessary because a lot of us, I think, in church think that all of our help will only come from God. But I, I want to, I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to run into it. Write this point down. Life moves at the speed of your relationships. There are some things, and I know this is going to sound countercultural. I know this is going to sound backwards. But there are some things that, there are some doors that your anointing will not lock alone. There are some doors <laughs> that your knowledge and what you know will not unlock alone. How can you say that, PJ? Because of the fact that I went to school, I've been able to name drop in certain areas, and it got me nowhere. Like standing outside of the green room saying, hey, I'm with Bishop, Bishop such and such. I'm with Dr. such and such. And they look at me, and that wasn't enough. It's like, what, what else do I need to do? Like sometimes it's not what you know, but somebody say who. So this is how purpose works. I want you to write these points down because the hope is that by the end of today, we will be able to ignite a fire that the person that you think is not useful in your life is actually the person that should be mentoring you. Possibly. It could be, possibly. Possibly. But many times we try to look for a person that we want to look like, but we have all these other people that are actually more accessible. There are mentors in this room that we don't even know about. It's just because we don't see them on social media. But I'll get back to to, to what I'm talking about. Somebody say, God gives purpose to man. After God gives purpose to man, he puts man in the earth. We understand that God gives us all calling. Your purpose is to be with God, but your calling is what you do. So after God puts man on earth, now the mentor or there has to be a person that we submit our physical human life to that is also human, who pulls out the gifts out of us and then develops them and then showcases them. The hardest part about mentorship isn't being mentored. It's being corrected. Because nobody likes correction. It's the reason why people that are married don't want to go to counseling or don't want somebody to walk with them. It's the reason why we don't tell the truth when people ask us our real questions about our finances. Why? Because the less you know, the more I can talk about it objectively. But mentorship, when we look in the Bible, works totally the opposite. In the Bible, whoever is being mentored literally gives their entire life to the person. Let's go to 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel 1 and 9, the woman by the name of Hannah is barren. She's not able to have children. Do we all know the story of of Hannah and, and, and Samuel? Okay. Hannah wants a child. She begs God for a child. But before she receives a child, she promises something to the Lord. And what is that promise? She says, God, if you give me this baby, I'll give him right back to you. But there's a part that's said in the New Living Testament that we don't talk about. She says, I'll give him to you forever. For many of us, and I I can speak of myself, I say, God, I give you my life until I get what I need. And then afterwards, then I'm able to backslide because I got what I want. But the problem is, is that every single mentoring relationship I have ever had personally that I've tried to manage, I've screwed up. I call too much or I reach out too much. So there has to be an anointing that God brings these two people that if they wouldn't have met any other way, God brings them together. Hannah ends up asking for a baby. In 1 Samuel uh, 1 and 20, Hannah has her baby. She names him Samuel, which name means God has heard. Hannah is crying. She says, I need to have a baby. A man by the name of somebody say Eli. Eli as a prophet. He sees her crying and crying out to God so profusely that he asks her if she's drunk. I don't know about any of you, but how many of you in your life, you've been looking for somebody to step in and help you? 
almost to the point like where you're begging and somebody could think you're crazy and you're like, you would say it if you, if you really believe it. Like, I really need some help. I don't care how embarrassed it makes me look. I don't care how messed up my business looks. Like, because many of us, we, we portray that we're doing better than we actually are. And then we create this cycle of a rut. And if you would just ask for somebody to say help, you could get a lot further. Just don't ask everybody. I'm sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. You don't ask. Listen. Do not walk around like you're helpless. Because everybody, especially the ones who can't help you, are going to offer to help you. They can't help you. 1 Samuel 1.24, after Hannah has her baby, she weans him off. She weans him off. Do you know what that word means? It means that, yes, I'm the one that gives you all of your, uh, your sustenance. I'm the one that, that's feeding you. I'm the one that's clothing you. But for you to fulfill the purpose that's on your life from God, you got to have more people. Many of us think that we can get everything we need from one person. And we cut off resources from people. And you can have mentors that you don't even know personally. She ends up taking Samuel, and she literally gives him to Eli. The word of God isn't very clear, but it's either between the ages of four and eight years old. And then Samuel doesn't see his mother except for one time a year when she brings him a coat. She totally trusts everything about Samuel to a man that has what he needs. Many of us, the reason why mentorship and having a spiritual father and even having fathers doesn't work is because we don't actually trust that they have our best interests at heart. That's the areas where I bump my head. So I want you to write this, this, uh, this point down, please. No one can be their best self by themselves. The perfect version that we've been talking about these last four or five weeks, your purpose, you're called. I know you want to think that you can just pray and hook them aside and put some anointing oil on, but at some point in time, you're going to have to submit your life to another person that breathes the same air you breathe, that puts on their pants just like you do, but does it just a little bit better, that has a little bit more. Because the stuff that they have is the proof that they know what they're talking about. But many of us become intimidated. 1 Samuel 1.26, it says, sir, do you remember me? This is Hannah talking to Eli. Uh, Hannah asks, I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. She says, I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted, me, granted my request. Now I am giving him where? To the Lord. And he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. It's really interesting as I was reading this, and I think this is kind of like where we are that the process of giving your child to the Lord is turning them over to a process that they might hate, like school <laughs> or a coach that yells at them. I remember growing up, I wasn't, I, I, a lot of people peaked in high school. I was like at the bottom of the food chain. Like I didn't look like a man until I became a man. There were some of y'all, y'all were men in the seventh grade. Anybody have a beard when they were in the fifth grade? Anybody in here? No? Fifth okay, grade. All right. okay. But you, you know what I'm talking about? It's that kid that looks like a man. So I didn't have that. So my dad, they were, they were in ministry, so they would be here, there, everywhere, overseas. And I remember my dad said, hey, since you have this thing called asthma, I don't necessarily have the time to run with you every day. So I'm not going to put you in one football program. I'm going to put you in two. I was like, at the same time? So school got out at 315. Then I went to my first football practice. That thing got done at 6. They would pick me up, take me all the way to my other football practice. That one would end at 9 o'clock. I would eat dinner. And I started to think, God, why has he forsaken me? He who? You. No. No, that's what I was thinking. You can't tell. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 
Because the coaches were terrible. They had chew in their mouth. They would yell at me, curse me out, spit in my face. And I'm like, this man is crazy if he thinks I'm going to stay here. But this is the one thing that I've learned. I've never been able to quit anything. But see, but see you, you had a father. I was about to get there. Go ahead. You, were you taking, yeah, for me. I don't know what you're going to say, so I have to It's all right here. Okay, so you had a, you had a father. And a father... A father understands when you need mentorship and coaching because there are coaches that could teach you stuff about yourself that you couldn't learn from me. Right. It's their job. It's, it's really what they do. But your, your father helps you understand the difference between mentors, coaches, and the fathering, mothering spirit. Right. Right? Yeah. So it's not that I was subjecting you to harassment. Uh, okay. I was subjecting you to coaching. Okay. And just so everybody knows, how many football games did I miss in all those years? None. I missed one. Oh, I don't remember. I missed one football game, and I asked Chris and Dana Butler to come and stand for me. Yeah. Because we couldn't be there. Correct. Because our father had told us we need to be someplace. Yeah. So I missed one game. Yeah. Right? How many practices did I miss? I don't even remember. I did not miss practices. I was tired. Well, well I didn't just, like you. Well, hold on. I'm I didn't just, like you then. Because I remember in the car, I was like, I want to quit. And you were like, no, nah, it ain't going to happen, Chief. So I probably don't remember you being there because I was probably trying to avoid you. Well, <laughs> mentors, need to, mentors need to be liked. Coaches need to be obeyed. Father doesn't care. Oh, that's for sure. He's just, he's just, he's just going to be, do that, do what they said, don't be moping around the house, get yourself up, wash your nasty behind, do your homework, go to bed. <laughs> yeah. So, in my head, I was trying to figure it out because I was being forced to do something that I wasn't good at. My parents sold me that they didn't sell me the dream that if I work hard enough, I'll make it to the NFL. They said, you're not going to make it to the NFL. You're not going to play. You're definitely not going to start. But you started this, therefore you're going to finish. So what did that do in Joshua? Oh, I was doing research before I started anything. Why? Because I knew I couldn't quit. Many of us in this room are still running away from our fifth grade coach. Mm-hmm. The first person that was in your face trying to tell you what to do, and they were really trying to help you. We rejected it. And now we got, and trust, and I can say this, I'm going to say this honorably and humbly. Being a pastor, I'm realizing now that the heart, the, 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 I'm sorry, the highest level of the work is talking to people that are trying to learn a lesson that's 30 years long. It's one of the hardest things because once you come into, I can't help you because you should have learned this with your seventh grade school teacher. Because now your seventh grade school teacher's spirit shows up in every boss you've ever had. And this is how it sounds. You quit every single job you've ever been, and it's always been their fault. Every, everyone, every girl you've yep. ever dated, bro. And this red pill generation about, like, women need to submit to men is, like, really disgusting. Because of the fact that the word of God says that, yes, women are supposed to submit. But, bro, you're supposed to be ready to die. That's what the word says. What did Jesus do for the church? He died for her. So the best thing that we can do, and I'm talking to all of my younger folks, because uh, I think it's different, and I'll, I'll allow you to speak to them. 
But the first person that yells in your face, the first person that doesn't allow you to skip reps, the first person that doesn't allow you to cut corners, your frustration with them actually is proof of an area in you that needs to be worked out. So, mom, stop taking your sons out of practices where the coach is on their behind. Because I'm a living testament that it's going to teach him two things. Number one, to treat you like a woman and not like the man of the house. They missed that one. Number two, what it's going to share with him is that there's some smoke he doesn't want. There's a respect that is developed in especially young boys when they meet somebody they can't whoop. Oh, I can't whoop him, so I need to listen and obey. But if you never allow him, it's really quiet in the room. But if you never allow him to get his behind whooped over and over and over again, when the world whoops him, he's going to run away from it just like every other coach. But the reason why the kingdom is so important is because Samuel's mother, Hannah, couldn't be on Samuel like Eli could. There's a coming a time and a day where men will be men again where women will be women again. Well, I don't believe in gender roles. That's fine. But there are certain gifts and attributes that men and women have that foster each one. Somebody say, I'm a father, and I'm thankful to be a father. Ladies in the room say, I'm a mother, and I'm thankful to be a mother. But I'm, I'm really thankful that you didn't let me quit. I mean, I hated it, but now I don't know how to. Fathers look at, fathers look at life differently than coaches and mentors. Your coach or your mentor may not ever come to your house. Right. Your coach or your mentor may not meet your siblings. Your coach and your mentor is going to have new people to coach and mentor next year. If they're, if, they're, if they're athletic coaches, business coaches, whatever, there are people onboarding and offboarding all the time, people coming into their life. But a father or a mother n- never leaves your life. They're in your life the whole time. Right. And they're invested in the end of your life. Right. So... Uh, Hold on. What do you mean? A father or a mother is in your life because they see into your future when they are no longer here. So they're building something bigger than your talents and your gifts. Correct. They're building you. Right. The you that's either going to make a mess of the world or bless the world. The you that is either going to bless the world or mess it up. That's what they're invested in. I'm when that that little boy jogging and getting over asthma, getting over all that stuff with the coach. I'm thinking about his four children. I'm I'm three four generations ahead of you. I'm thinking about your great 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 grandchildren, because whoever you become, that's what you're going to teach them to be. Right. So so that's where that's that's how a father looks at this. And by the way. Eli called Samuel son. Right. So you just don't get it mixed up that when you read about Eli and Samuel, he was not his mentor. He was not his coach. He was his father. He was his father. Yeah. Whole different thing. And for God to trust Eli with Samuel when he had already screwed up two sons. Right. That wanted to kill him and be done with him. These boys, these boys, which, which is, and I have, to rep- I, have to, I have to really tell you, because my son felt like God was calling him to ministry. Hold on, wait, wait, what are you doing? They just, I'll talk to them. So my son who says he's called to ministry when all his life he said he wasn't, 
I'm not called a ministry dad. I said, I know. You're corporate. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to do all this stuff. Wonderful. No big deal. Then all of a sudden you say I'm called to ministry? Yeah. I'm reading, I'm reading about Eli and Samuel. Right? Hold on. What are you talking about? Eli had two boys. Right. That when he brought them into ministry, yeah. they were stealing money. Correct. They were sleeping with women in the church. Correct. They did not know the word of God. False doctrine, all that, yeah. And he did not correct them. Right. Right? Correct. So he should have been disqualified. Eli should have. Yes. Correct. So I'm asking God, if my son gets in the ministry, is he going to be able to deal with Martin called by God? Because I have to discipline you but not like a father. In other words, okay, hold on. here's my question. So, no, yeah, we only got a few minutes for this. So let me ask you this. Mm. When, when Eli, the army, went to battle, mm. the messenger came back and told Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were killed in battle. Correct. His two boys he screwed up with. Right. Because he wouldn't correct them. Correct. Then they told him the Ark of the Covenant was lost. Correct. Right? It must be retrieved in order for them to hear from God again. Which one of his losses killed him? His children. No. The Ark. The Ark. Oh, I see what you're saying. What am I saying? The bigger loss would have been, if I'm called to ministry, yes. that this fails rather than me fail. I could lose my relationship with my son. If this doesn't work out. Because God built this using me. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're in the church running around, I have to say stop running around. Right. You get up here and say something that you didn't explain to us, I have to correct you. All the time. Right? So I'm like, I don't necessarily want my son to go into ministry. Because I don't want him to have to deal with me. Because I've been happy being his father. Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm so sorry. Forget the script. I'm so sorry. I'm about to become extremely selfish. I don't do this often. I prepare for you every no. single... Uh, well, they, I, need uh, to know, they need to know, too. I prepare for you every Sunday. I'm about to be very... I'm about to eat. I'm, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Because this has been the question that I have had forever. Because one of the biggest things that's always bothered me and was lazy dads. Because I never had the privilege of going to sleep when I wanted to, mm-hmm. playing video games all day, mm-hmm. not being able to read. I mean, I'm sorry, not being able to, like, do other things because I had to read a book every month. Like, yeah. so I thought, I really used to think growing up and even now, I'm like, this guy really doesn't like me. No, I no. don't. I don't like you. So, so when, so when, so when you, I, do you remember the first time we watched the movie, the, 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 the stage play Fences? Yeah. Do you remember when why don't you like Denzel me? says, why don't you like me? So he says, yeah. why don't you love me, right? Yeah. So cool. I'm like, okay, he loves me. Mm-hmm. But as a son, it was important that I felt like you liked me. Because love and like was different. Okay. Because now you saying this has totally changed my paradigm on this ministry thing. Because for me, this is the hardest thing I've ever done, I used to think. Yeah. But actually, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, we- and not hard in the sense like it's not worth it, but just like I ask the Holy Spirit every day, what is Martin thinking? Like what, is, what does he want from me? Like what, 
Like, the Holy Spirit is, is not always as clear, and neither is God. I'm sorry, y'all. But, like, but for me, my want is I just don't want to fail you. So fail every me? Oh, my God. So, like, yeah. when you come and correct me now in this season, it's different before. Like, when I get my three-point stance, and you'd be like, bring a hand closer, and you shift me. Then I'm like, oh, he loves me. This correction feels different. This, this correction feels like, this correction feels like. Yes. It feels like you, I know you love me, but I'm, it, I kind of feel at times, I'm like, does this, does this guy really believe I can do this? Okay, so, yeah. And not, and not no. sentimental, like emotional, no, 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 but like, does he that. really believe I can do this? So. Is this okay? And, 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 and mom and dads, m- mom and dads out here, because we've taught you, you're going to be giving away your businesses. You're raising your children to handle your money. You're raising your children to be a blessing to your grandchildren. You're doing all that, right? So here's what you have to understand. Me as a father, I like you. I like you and I love you. In that sense, light grows into love. Hold on, slow that down. So, okay, you like me and you love me. As my son. But the seed is like? In this type of thing. In this transitional being a man of no, my no, own no, house? No, 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 just me and you. Martin is Joshua's dad. As pe- okay, okay. Light yeah. grows into love. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you came out of your mother's womb, yeah. I'm like, thank God she look, he looks like her. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but in the kingdom, yeah. in the kingdom, I am responsible for this ministry. God birthed it through me. Correct. Eli fell over backward and broke his neck. Right. Because he did not challenge his, his son to be right before God. Because he was responsible for carrying on this I thing. cannot risk my life on your potential disobedience. To you first. No, to this. No, no, no. My disobedience to you is to this. No, 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 no. I'll say it again. No, no, you, no. I under, uh, you and what, me. Talk about it privately. You and me, I'm your father. Correct. In the spirit now, you're becoming lead and, and eventually uh, pastor and then eventually apostle of this work over the years. Whoa. Get it? Mm. Which God birthed through me and your mother. Correct. Right? I'm with you. If we don't challenge everything about you about this, right. not this, yeah. I get disqualified. Right, because you're responsible. I'm responsible. Correct. Right? Yeah. So I have to be now... Um, I have to almost act like I don't like you or love you. Because right. you're not, it's not me, it's this. It's this. Okay. So, forget the notes. Um, so, this is, my, this is my struggle. Okay. This is my biggest struggle. Hmm. Is you have the genome and the DNA to be father. Not just as a physical, you feel like the spiritual call to be father. And I don't. To some. To some. So what do you, ooh, Jesus. Samuel says, Eli, Eli. I've heard a voice. Yep. One time. Eli says what? Go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. He goes back to sleep. Samuel, Samuel. Eli, Eli, what do you want? Eli says, it's not me. Go to sleep. Third time. Mm-hmm. Samuel, Samuel. He comes to Eli and says, hey, it's the Lord. And when he, when he speaks to you, he realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is near. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. 
Okay. One thing that I was not expecting this to happen. I was not expecting. You have never said that before. Sometimes a father will say things to a son and he doesn't hear it. Yes, but you've never said it like that before. Okay. Because I'm listening. There's not much I don't, there's not much, there's a lot that I don't hear, but I'm always listening. Like, you're the most important voice in my, in my entire life. Like, it doesn't matter who I see, it doesn't matter who is on social media, and like, the people I have on my phone, like, if none of that happens, it's all because of the relationship that I have with my dad. So, what are you protecting me from? What, what, is, uh, what is the, what is the, well, you're responsible for this, but like, yeah. how do I see you right? Because sometimes, so, what is so, happening? So, so in, in, in church. Can I, can I finish it? Well, I thought you were done. I wasn't. Because sometimes the hardest thing isn't this. It's that I feel like I failed you. Failed me? Oh, my God. There are times like where your correction, I don't know why I become super sensitive in this time. But you guys taught us from children, you always gave us a platform to speak as children, mm-hmm. right? So we didn't argue as kids, but, like, we'd have to stand straight, and they'd be like, state your case, and you're four years old. Well, I wanted to have cookies, but I didn't have dinner. We had to explain it. So I've always had a voice. But, like, this is the f- first time in my life that I've, like, needed you to, what is happening? Um, what is happening? I've needed, like, I've never needed your endorsement more than in this season. And I think the Holy Spirit's even sharing with me now that your correction is endorsement. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. Because, like, all of these folks will say the music is too loud. The music's not loud enough. Why do you wear what you wear? Why won't you wear uh, a, a suit? And like all of that stuff doesn't matter to speaking the word of God. But you hold me to it, even though it's not important. And I think one of the, one of the things that I'm, I'm even getting now, thank you, Holy Spirit. Sorry. Okay. What I'm, what I'm getting is that you love me and you like me. I get that. That's not, I mean, it's not necessarily the principal thing. But when I have children, if I don't learn this lesson, it's over for them. Yeah, you're going to mess up my life if you screw up your children. Well, it's my life, too. Don't do that. No, it's my life, too. Oh, I love you, but I'm... No, you don't. I'm, I'm in the grandchildren now, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm good. Start over, hit reset. That was your word. Well, well you, just have to, uh, you just have to understand, Joshua... You tell me, you're the studier, you're, you're, you do more studying about this than I do. Wow. How many, churches, how many churches successfully have been passed on to a blood relative son? Two. Okay. What's the percentage? Of, of what? In 100 churches, how many are actually passed on to a son that comes out of the womb? Zero. It's rare. So that's why I resisted you for a few years. On me being in ministry? Because I don't have any examples. Because it almost felt like, oh, wow. Because I felt like you were trying to tell me not to get into ministry, but it wasn't. I, well, so, I was. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but, but it wasn't so much about me not being in ministry. You were trying to Joshua, buy more time to, like, how we do this thing. Joshua, 
the re- and the reason I'm, you call it hard is because I believe in you. If I didn't believe in you, I wouldn't put this on you. But I'm just telling you, church. Yeah. All right, I just realized the church is sitting in front of me, so. Uh. Yeah. I forgot they were there. This right here? It's insatiable. It's, it's, will uh, consume you. Your heart is going to be broken. All the time. So many times. There are people who are going to use you, abuse you. You're going to rescue them. And once they're rescued and recovered, they're going to talk about you and never tell the person they're talking to how much you helped them. Or the truth. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. You're going to have to figure out how to fend for yourself. It will try to enter your home and your marriage with your children. Okay. Got another question. It will. You're never, you're never going to ask for a salary. Never ask for one. So you're going to have to build a life outside of this. That works. Because you got to make promises to your wife and kids. Yeah. Right? Correct. So now I can't be pussy winking with you. Right. It has to be, son. Hardcore. If right? you don't change this. You cannot depend on people. Right. Especially the ones you depend on. Okay. So. So, so my love for you is my, my love for Joshua and Callie yeah, yeah. as yeah. your father. Right. Period, point blank, never go away. But I also have to fight in my own self. If he becomes lead pastor and the church begins to devour him, I'm coming to get my son. This is God's church. We're responsible for it. But if this begins to eat you and Vanessa up and eat your children up and eat your life up, you get depressed, you get all, people start walking away because they will, and you're going to feel that way, I'm coming to get you. God can figure all this out. Okay. So. So. How. If I'm missing anything, Lenny, let me know, baby. Because she fights, she fights hard for you. She's, a, she's the hardest. She fights hard. She fights hard for this church. And she fights hard for you. So I have one more question. How do you keep your heart from getting hard? How do you do it? Because um, thank you so much. This is really great. This is more important than any therapy session of counseling or anything. So how, let the, let the church and let the trouble in your life drive you to your knees. Yeah. Right. Let disappointment, disgust, betrayal, let all of that drive you to your knees and you'll you'll find out son you'll find out you'll find out folks that you can travel 
so far on your knees. And I want to teach you, I want to teach you before I die, before I die, I want to hold all my grandchildren and I want to teach them how to run at the speed of light on your knees. Yeah. Because here's what I learned about people. Give me like two seconds. I just need like two seconds. I'll talk to you. To like figure myself out. Here's what I learned about people. People don't really hate me. And people don't really love me either. So I don't have friends or enemies. I just have teachers. And everybody in your life is going to teach you something, either about them or about you. Learn the lessons one time so you don't have to circle back around that mountain. Learn the lessons from... Here's the bottom line with people, everybody. Everybody, everybody you know is simply trying to get where they're going. They may step on you getting there, but it's really not you. They're just trying to get where they're going. They're, They're trying to get this dream out of their head and heart into reality. And a lot of times they don't know they're hurting you. Wow. They, they, you're not the, ob, the object of, right, they don't really care about what's happening to you. They're trying to figure themselves out. And this is what's so hard about fathering and mothering because we care where you're going. We don't need anything from you. So get a coach. Get a mentor. But have a woman or a man in your life that can tell you when to be quiet. Well, I'm old. I was told that as I was sitting with Dr. Monroe, and he said, go over there and get that for me. And I went and got it for him. Then he told me to do something else, and I went and did it right away. I ran, and I did it. I ran out to get something he wanted from his office desk. I ran to get it, and I ran to bring it back to him. And people say, you're a grown man, so what are you now, a flunky? I said, no, I'm a son. Luke twenty two forty two. Father, if it be any other way, we take this cup away from me. He's talking to his father. This is Jesus as a son, flesh, human, right? Okay. Are we all right? Yeah. Okay. Everybody says, Joshua, you cry a lot. You do too. Your life's just not on display. Um, Jesus says, if there's any other way for me to make this happen... Let's figure that out because I I really don't want to die. But he says, nevertheless, your will be done. Correct? Yep. Okay. So did that come to Jesus in the garden or was that in him before he was sent to earth? Was there that that doubt of 
I really don't want to do this, but whoever your will it, did that come because of his experience with man? Or was that, was that deeply seated in him? Because we always talk about how God is a deity, but he was all God and all man, right? So you could be anointed and ordained, but still be like, I don't want this. So like whenever like I meet, I can, I can always meet somebody in ministry that wants it. You can, like, I want to be a pastor. I didn't want to. I felt called, and I felt like nothing else would work. Because I mention this all the time. If it's not AWC, you would not see him in a platform. Well, don't say that to them. I'm, I'm not talking. They're not even here. Yeah, they are, though. They are, but I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> I, I mean, so. so Because they may not understand what you're. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. So going back to my question, Luke 22, when Jesus said, if there's any other way, how could he say that human and God at the same time? You're preaching my sermon. Because I feel like as much as I like what I'm doing, it's like ripping me apart at times. Good. And it's just yeah. like, why would anybody? Yeah. Does, I've been teaching to them, do your purpose. Oh, you're calling. And I'm like, why am I called? Like, so like, yeah. how, like, what is the, how do you reconcile? Okay. So. The two. So God and Jesus were never created. They're one. They've always been here. They don't exist. They just are. Permeating. Right. Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the Christ. Correct. Jesus, yes, Jesus was the Christ was put in a body, made incarnate, right, so that he would die. Correct. So now, just like you and I, uh-huh. he had a father relationship with his son, Jesus, man. So now, what did Jesus say on the cross? It is before that, forgive them for they. He wanted to know, are you well pleased with me? Why have you forsaken me? Right. But that wasn't God the deity. That was God the the flesh. Man. Yes. Jesus, the Christ, had never been, been forsaken. disconnected from his father. Okay, ho, ho, ho. So forsaken doesn't mean that he has disconnected. It literally means that he turned his back. Therefore, he is disconnected. He disconnected. And he turned his back. So Jesus is like, I have never in eternity felt this way. Never. Okay, can I, can I burst my own bubble? I know how he felt. In a way, not okay. saying I'm God, I'm not Jesus. Okay, but the the turning, yes. Because now it's ministry. Oh, because you leave me in this season to figure things out where before you had all the pieces out and you let me play and mess up, but now you just let me let it flop and burn. Like and then you God, come back like God, and like, like God and Jesus, do that next time. like God and Jesus, I have to separate. I have to let you feel forsaken. I have, I have to let you, I'm like, mm, that's not going to be a good decision. So I might advise you to think and pray about this. And I'll say, think and pray about it. You'll come back to me and I'm like, ooh, I still don't think it's the best decision. But what's going to be our losses? <laughs> How is this going to affect us? What are you responsible for? What does it touch? So I'll say, Two okay, questions. okay, okay, okay. Um, do it because you can't be lead pastor and I'm still lead pastor. That's a lie, right? I can be apostolic, high level, right? So now you come back and say, man, that did not work. And I'll say, I know. Yeah, that doesn't make me feel good either. I'm sorry. And then you'll, and then you'll, then you'll say, so tell me what to do. Man, now you've put me back into fathering. But I thought that annoyed you. That question when we talk. Because sometimes no. it comes at a point where I'm just like, I'm done and I'm defeated. I'm like, what would you suggest? So it comes off as rude, but I'm just submitting very violently. 
See, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Here's the deal. I don't care. Just what do you want me to do? Okay, you want me so to, I'll do it. You want me to jump off the cliff? I'll do it. As long as you say. This is the first time in my life I have to do things because I say, and it's terrifying. Every other thing in my life has been, Joshua, you should go here. You should do this. Turn left. Turn right. I've asked you, hey, what do you think? Yes. And now I come and ask you, hey, what do you think? And you're like, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I the would time. be worthless as a father. If I kept, keep answering all your questions. Okay. So when it comes to the question and the answering, would you prefer that I guess and get it wrong and then learn from it and come back? Because that's what I'm assuming. Now, now you're, now, excuse me for a minute. Now, now, now I, let's see. Turn the mic off. Or text it to me. You've got to come resolved to the fact that you do not guess. Correct. You are a man, a man of God. You do what you sense. You do what you discern. You follow your gumption. You follow the anointing. You follow, and even if that fails, even if that fails, you say, hmm, I learned a lesson. Because failure doesn't mean you didn't hear from God. Correct. Yeah. And only a father can teach you that. The best coaches on football teams, the best coaches on track teams, the best coaches on basketball teams eventually look to their coach as a father. Michael Jordan did the same thing. Great players will eventually look at that coach as like a father. That coach can tell them things. They just trust in them. And once that happened, the coach sits on the sidelines like this. He reads a book. He hangs out because he knows he has a son on the court. But that takes time. A mother or a father who has a daughter and he's passing on his business to her, he's going to be silent and quiet. He's going to expect that in her judgment, she may lose some money here or there mm. or hire the wrong employee here or there. Mm. But if he tells her what to do and he's gone, the business fails. So you're trying, to, you're trying to make sure that I hear you when you're not here anymore. Yes, I want you to hear from God. See, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Samuel... I want to look at our time. So, Sam, so Samuel says to Samuel wakes up and he says, "Eli, did you call me?" Mm -hmm. Well, Eli had already forfeited his ministry because he didn't teach his boys. There were not many there were not many visions and or not many people heard from the Lord in this time for four hundred years. Correct, because he only was able to use one man as a prophet at a time. Exactly. Right. So now Samuel's hearing. A voice say, Samuel. He wakes up, goes to Eli. Eli's like, what's going on? Because Eli had forgotten the voice of God. what the voice of God sounded like. Because he hadn't been hearing it before. He hadn't heard it for years. He hadn't heard God speak. And it took the third time. And Eli's got, oh, I know what's happening. Next time, say this. God's talking to you. Right. So next time God speaks to you, say, speak, Lord. Your servant. For your servant is listening. Mm-hmm. And then God told Samuel what he was getting ready to do to Eli. Correct. 
right? Unfortunately. But it's, it's because Samuel, who was a firstborn child by his mother, firstborn, her womb was closed. She brought him to Eli. All of that stuff, it was because Samuel had to become a voice in the nations. But before Samuel became the prophet, Eli died. He fell backwards and broke his neck in the chair because the Bible said he was overweight. He was a big man. I don't know if that means physically or he was just constipated in the spirit. <laughs> yeah, probably. His eyes were dim. He could not hear. And Joshua, I cannot tell you how much I refuse to be Eli. I'm not going to be him. And that's why I said to our church, I said to y'all, and many people couldn't run the gauntlet of this because they expected this to be perfect. They didn't expect any mistakes. They didn't expect... Oh, they expect us to be perfect. But I don't care. Okay. My DMs are ridiculous, bro. I know people going to reach out to you. Turn the DMs off. Oh, I'm not on social at all. Yeah. The last two months. Like, I'm done. So like, I said to people, we have to walk <laughs> through this process. It's... It's a process. It's a process. Well, he said something today that I didn't understand. Well, me too. He said something today I didn't understand either. That's why I walked up and asked him, so what did you mean by this? Where did you get that in Scripture? What does that mean? Some people said that wasn't biblical. So hold on. Was it biblical or was it not biblical? Let's look it up. Well, that was the verse. What did he say? This is what he said. Oh, it could have been true what he said. I said, exactly. Well, I need to be in a church where, and I'm like, look, wherever that church is, where you need to be, wherever that is. Please go. This ain't here. Now, wherever you are, if they're turning into this, or they have evidence of what we've done, or they got all this going on, then that's where you need to be. If you want to be in a place that's going to force you to grow up, force you to do some amazing things and live your life at a high level, this is your house. So I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to let you see us do this every day. So you're listening in praise and worship in the sermon, and he says something, and I'm over there. I'm like, what did that mean? Where are we going? How's that working out? Ooh, it just seems like there's a lot of arguing in this family. No, we're going to be family, and I'm not going like to die like Eli, and you are not going to fail. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And we are not going to fail. Not going to happen. Okay. We need to go to lunch. And I almost want to cancel Shepherd Staff because now everything has changed. Every, no, like everything has changed for me. We have prayed, bro, like me, like every day. Like we, my, my thing is like, I just see so many sons screw up what their fathers gave them. And I know so many men that are either, they don't care about their kids and they come to me to help them. And I'm like, I'm not your, I'm not your dad, bro. Okay. I can't help you. Okay, so, so I need to talk to you. Let me help you out now. Okay. And I know we've talked about this for a long time. And I know it's a struggle, but I'm going to say it. Don't do that. Because no. I know exactly, I think I know where you're going. Well, you might. I did not truly become a spiritual father until I was like 55. Okay. 
A lot of people call me father. Yeah. No. Yeah. In my heart, I became one. Mm-hmm. That's why most of my illegitimate sons left. So we claim them as illegitimate then. All right. Cool. Because now I'm a spiritual father and I'm in your life. Like Correct. for real. Right. For real, for real. So I start asking questions. All the questions. I start telling you what to do. Right. I start, I start making you run laps. Correct. Right. I send you to somebody to help you and you don't like them. And I said, you need to go over there again. Right? Yeah. That changed. Right. You don't feel like a father now, mm. but you are one. Okay. And okay. Le- let me tell you something, son. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Now, okay, I love you, right? Yeah, yeah. You know I love you. I know. You're going to have to receive that calling that one day mm-hmm. God is going to put great people in your life as their father. Okay. And you need to do it spiritually. Yeah. You need to say, God, it's not now, but I understand that one day you're going to ask me to be responsible for other people getting to where they got to go. It will be just like your own natural children. And they'll be dependent on you to love them, mm-hmm. believe in them, right. kick their butts, right. rescue them when anybody attacks them, right? Correct. Challenge them in private, clap for them in public. Yeah. That responsibility is coming on you, and you won't be 55 when it happens to you. Okay, so I only have one question. I'm going to let you finish, but remind me of my question. You want me to remind you of your question? Yeah. That you asked me? Yeah, but I don't want to interrupt you. You know, I'm 60 you. now. I don't want to interrupt know. you. Just say you got a question. That's all I'm saying. Just say you got a question. and then You I'm got gonna, a question. Yeah, I'm going to let you finish. The, I don't want to interrupt you. I'm done. So I'm not built like you. Good. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's, why do I do that? You do that, now I do that. <laughs> huh. What? No, no, nothing. You have this innate gift to turn off when you care. I need you to teach that to me and it not be malicious because I care a lot about everything all the time. And the thing for me is I don't have the patience you do when it comes to developing people because for me, for me, it's happening now and you say it's going to happen. Let's talk about that at lunch. We got to let these people go. Um, I'd like to take, we need to cancel Shepherd Staff. I'm, gonna, I'm not good, right? I need to talk to you. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to, no. Oh, you're leaving. Yes. So okay. anyway. Can I buy no, a no, ticket, no. go with you? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay, you, you, you were blessed with a curse. The blessing is that the blessing is that both your parents your your father is apostolic in nature and loves to be a father. Mm. Your mother is prophetic and administrative in her purpose. Mm. And she's an amazing mother. Mm. And you're blessed with both gifts. You think so? The, the the way you line things up, the way you plan, the way you you can see things and organize it, that's her. 
don't think you pay attention to that. <laughs> I notice everything. I don't talk a lot. All the, it's probably all those sheets of paper I always hand over to you. This is the proposal. You hand me another <laughs> sheet of paper. That's all she used to do. Like, babe, don't give me another sheet of paper. My bad, my bad, dog. My bad, chief. That triggers me. Don't give me another sheet of paper. My bad. But like me, you can also think into the future. Wow. So you have both our gifts. Wow. And I'll be honest with you. Your father cares too much. Okay. It's not that I don't care. I care too much. Okay. That's the biggest enemy in my life, that I care too much. Mm. Let's talk later. No. Because you... I'll, I'll tell them. <laughs> the gift in my life is that I care. Okay. The curse in my life is that I care too much. Okay. Because I can look at a person and I can tell... Live for greatness, there's potential. I can yeah. tell the potential. I can tell the greatness. I can see it from the beginning. And I can start pouring into this person, thinking that they have the wherewithal to do their part. And that is to develop personally. Right. Which is something I can't do for them. Correct. Right? Right. So I can end up hurting a person. Right. That doesn't, they don't want to grow. Yeah. They, they don't want to, and it's my fault. It's not theirs. They don't want to grow. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not in their. It's my fault. It's my fault because I will see something in them. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. That they don't see. And don't want to even put the work in to see or well, develop or whatever. And because of how maybe they've been raised or what they went through, they don't have the, that, whatever. <laughs> the dog. Well. It's the dog. Resilience. Yes, yeah, the dog. They don't have that resilience to push through what I see. Yeah. So my biggest mistake is that I care. And yeah. I will start looking and talking to a person as if they want to be a certain person. And they don't. And they end up hating me for it. And they're right. They're right. I have to leave people alone. Alone. Okay, God bless y'all. <laughs> we have vendors in the hallway. You're released. Okay. Oh, I'm no more good. I don't know what you're talking about. No, 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 no. No, I'm no good right now. I'm like, I'm a wreck. I'm trying to like, I have so many questions. <laughs> I wasn't expecting for this to be a private conversation on stage with people. You have the gift. Said, but God. Let, me, let, me, let me put it this way plainly. Yeah. You have been mothered. Listen to me now. Yeah. You've been mothered. Uh huh. Your mother is trying to teach you the discernment of people. How to discern. She's setting up. Say that one more time. Guidelines. She's setting up walls, hedges. Um, you said what? Say that again. What did I say? Discernment. Discernment about people. Of people. Of people. Not to discern people. Right. The discernment. So you people. avoid my mistakes. So what she's teaching you is, Joshua, you may love that person. You may believe in that person. You may, God may speak to you in tongues about that person. Uh -huh. But until that person comes to you, number mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. and says, I need help, until you, number two, have a process to find out what, what kind of help they want, 
Is it fathering, mentoring, or is it coaching? Because you're going to have to discover that from the beginning. Because you cannot father people who only want to coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't meet, you can't mentor people who hate their father. That makes the most sense. So, so, so when Vanessa came up in our house, the first thing I wanted to know. What's your relationship like with your dad? What's your dad like? How you feel about him? Because mm-hmm. if she don't like her dad, ain't gonna work. she's going to turn you into mincemeat. So everything I've done has been calculated from my side. Lean on your mother's gift to protect your heart. Amen. Okay. Um, There ain't no altar call. There ain't no music. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay. Um, for many of you, you just saw my sit down and shut up card and who holds it. And, um, I learned so much about Martin today, things I've never known. I'm 30 and I know that there are so many people in the room that watching this was really difficult for you, um, because you don't have a great relationship with your people or they're not here anymore. I feel led Holy Spirit-wise to, to pray for the people that are like, man, that was cute to see, but, like, my daddy ain't here. Like, that was, that was awesome, but I don't have any mentors. I've been <laughs> rejected by every person that I see. I think that today, for many of you that are business owners, your mentor is actually in the hallway today. The person that's going to help you build your life is at one of these tables. They're actually in this room. And the point of this entire sermon series is so that at the end of it, the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you, that you can go out here and win in your life. That's all we want. That's all we desire is that you win in your life, in your family, in your finances, everywhere in your life. Like, it's not good enough just to look cute on Sunday morning, like, because I only see you for an hour and a half. Like, I want you, you should be winning. Somebody say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like, every single day of your life, you should be winning every single week. Was this good this morning? Okay. Two things. As you're walking out, don't just walk out of the building. We have some people in this hallway, bona fide, legitimate businesses that are not just here to sell you a product. Some of them sell services. Something that you need that you got a quote for this last week that was overpriced, they might have it. You can buy a house in this hallway. You can get products for your skin in this hallway. There might be somebody to watch your crazy kids in this hallway. Look at your neighbor say, it's in the hallway. The second thing is this. While you're in the sanctuary, say hello to at least two people that you don't know. We're building a community, somebody say, on purpose. Here we go. Every hand lifted. Let me pray for you, and then we'll release you. Was this good this morning? Man, anybody else got a headache? I got a headache. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for what you're doing here at AWC. God, we also thank you for our founding pastor. (laughs) God, I thank you for Martin. I thank you for Linnell. God, I thank you for 28 years of ministry without a scandal, without going to court, without a child being misplaced, without a woman being misplaced. God, that you have carried our ministry, but you gave that vision to a man and woman. God, I thank you for an opportunity to lead such an amazing group of people. God, we ask that you bless us in our going, bless us in our coming. In Jesus' name, somebody say, you're blessed. You're blessed. We love you.